Hallelujah. I want to go right into prayer because I have a word from heaven for you this morning. Listen to the promise of the Lord. How many know it pays to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ? He says, this is the confidence that we have in him. In who? In Christ. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Someone say, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever, say whatever, whatever, we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. That word ask there is even more powerful than us acting like we're begging God for something. It's saying we make a demand upon the word of the Lord. And when you make a demand upon what God has promised, all of heaven's going to have to obey. And all of hell's going to have to flee. Father, right now in your name, the name Jesus that you gave us, the name that is above every name, it is in your name that this morning I ask and make a demand that over this atmosphere, Miracles will take place in the hearts of your people. That every soul under the sound of my voice. That has not yet. Surrendered and received. Eternal life. Through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That today their souls will be saved. That every man and woman of God. Who has been struggling. With certain sins and bondages and oppression. That today. There will be freedom. Today there will be healing. Today there will be an anointing that will destroy the yoke of bondage. I make a demand on the anointing right now. I ask you, oh God, to save and heal and deliver your people. I ask, oh Lord, and make a demand on the anointing that you will release an impartation of boldness and power and courage. For them to come out of survival mode and begin to live as witnesses of Christ. Lord, I thank you for everyone here. They are not here by accident. I pray for a supernatural ability for them to receive a full deposit of the word of the Lord that you put in me. I rebuke every distraction. I take authority over every work of darkness. I command every oppression of the enemy to come under the authority of the anointing. I did not come here alone. I did not come here by myself. I came here sent by the Lord Jesus himself. And Lord, I thank you that you were going to release a powerful prophetic word. Not on deaf ears. Not on hardened hearts. But on good soil. This word is going to touch lives and transform them. It's going to be planted deep into their soul. And it's going to produce fruit that is lasting for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now, if you're in agreement, take about 20 seconds and praise Him. Give Him a crazy praise. Jesus! Lord of glory. Woo! Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I tend sometimes to be long-winded, so I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to get right into the Word. But as I get ready to 
share with you the title of this morning's message, I want to tell you a true story first. You see, in 1988 during the Olympics, there was a boxer from America that was fighting, I believe, a Frenchman. And the commentators were going wild because this boxer looked just like Muhammad Ali. They said, my God, he looks exactly like Muhammad Ali. Look at his moves. He dances just like Muhammad Ali. He looks, and they were going wild, and they, they were feel like, man, this could be the next champion of the world for us. And he did his dance, and he went around the ring looking good, looking professional, looking powerful. But I guess the Frenchman wasn't impressed. He let him do his dance, let him get around the ring, work up a sweat. And as soon as he stopped, pow, boom, lights out, party's over. Anybody who's a fight fan, any fight fans in the house? I'm a boxing fan. Amen. Amen. Well, you watch the old films of Muhammad Ali. That man didn't know just how to dance. That man knew how to punch. That man was bad. And I remember, I mean, the thriller in Manila. Come on now, against George Foreman. If you think George Foreman is scary now, he's a big man. He's, oh, he's beautiful now. He's received the Lord, got that beautiful smile. He's a great man. I love, love George Foreman. But back in the day, you ever watch some of those old films of George Foreman? And if that man was coming against you in the ring, I'm telling you, that'll scare you. The man was big, mean. Muhammad Ali hit him so hard, it lifted him off the ground. Muhammad Ali didn't just know how to dance. He knew how to punch. And this morning, the message that I have come to give you and deliver from the presence of the Lord is titled, Are You a Pretender or a Contender? Hallelujah, somebody. We have too many pretenders in the body of Christ. Doing their dance. Acting like they're in revival. Acting like they are full of the fire of God. And from Sunday to Sunday, they're living like the world and living like the devil. And there's something wrong with this picture. Because too many Christians, they act like they got it together. But they lack the power of the punch. Come on, somebody. And this morning, I'm going to help you come out of powerless Christianity. Because the Lord has a powerful impartation He wants to release over your life today. The devil loves to intimidate us, make us feel like he is powerful and that he's pushing us around. But I got news for the devil. I'm packing a punch this morning. I'm packing a punch for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Oh, you better hang with me because I'm going to take you somewhere if you follow me. Open your Bibles to Jude. Hallelujah. Someone say, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Are you a pretender or a contender? Come on, somebody. Jude, verse 3, says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation... I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once 
for all delivered to the saints. Someone say, contend earnestly. Verse 4 says, For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Help me, Holy Ghost, this morning. He opens up by saying, I was going to just talk to you about our common salvation, but the enemy's been busy. You see, we not only have to worry about the enemy from without, it's not as much as we have to worry about the enemy from within. Too many people who call themselves Christians, too many churches have gone shipwrecked from the faith. They have begun to preach things that are no longer the faith that was delivered once for all unto the saints. And we here at Living Hope Christian Center are contending for the faith that the Lord Himself had begun. It's time for us to get back to the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus announced. Because too many of our churches have gone the way of the positive thinker. Have gone the way of, uh, uh, of, of just simply being a psychology a, a, approach to life. Has watered it down to the point where we just want people to like us. So let's remove everything that's offensive. Let's not talk about the name Jesus. Let's kind of just use the higher power or the name God. We don't want to offend nobody. They want to take out all of the ingredients that make our faith what our faith is. You see, there's a lot of good that's happening in the world that is not evil necessary of itself. If you only glance at it from a casual glance. But if you take a closer look, what the devil is doing is robbing Christ of his glory. So he wants the world to be confused and to follow after people who are simply trying to just do good things and help people. And is that evil? No. Follow me. Hang in there. Because I'm going I'm to I'm work it out. Don't start prejudging me before it's time. No. What I'm trying to say is the devil will do whatever he can to rob Christ of his glory. And the Lord has sent me here this morning with a message to contend for the faith to contend for that which brings glory and honor to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And I want you to know I'm filled with fire in my bones this morning. Because we are entering in to a new season as a church. God, this year, there, there was a supernatural shift over the atmosphere. And those who have been a part of this church, you felt it. You know that when we closed 2010 and entered into 2011, there was a shift. There was something supernatural. There was a dimension of God that was imparted to us. And there was a new season we were entering into. And if you're new to that, praise the Lord because you're part of that prophetic fulfillment. And there's a whole lot more coming on, on the way. Because where we're going is explosive. God is getting ready to do explosive things through us as a church. This morning I got a corporate word for us. But this corporate word will affect your own individual lives as well. Because the devil wants, to, he wants you to uh, shrink back in your faith and simply exist in this life 
feel like you are not a contender, that you're a nobody with no vision, no hope, and no power. But if you will listen to the Lord, if you will silence the voice of the devil, you will realize that your life is going to come from the ashes and He's going to crown you with some glory. He's going to fill you with some faith. He's going to raise you up to be a contender in this hour. Because what God is getting ready to do is awesome. The Bible says in Matthew eleven twelve, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Say, take it by force. Now, come on, take it by force. There are things in your life that you're going to have to contend for. Living Hope, I'm speaking to you as a church. This is my home church. Come on, somebody. I'm an evangelist and I'll go wherever the Lord sends me because I love all of God's people. But this is the house where I'm planted in. This is where I am submitted. This is my covering. I'm under the apostolic covering of this house. And when I go from this house, I go with the full backing of this house. But in case you don't know who we are, we are not an ordinary, typical uh, uh, storefront church. Come on, somebody. Help me with this. This church is an explosive revival center. This is a house, this is an apostolic house that trains God's people, that equips God's people, that releases God's people into their destinies. Not one of you are ordained by God to be a spectator, to warm that seat and just barely make it through life. You all have assignments that heaven is waiting to release into your life. Every single one of you. God has things for you to accomplish that are so far beyond where you're at right now that He has got to awaken us. He has got to open our spiritual eyes and our understanding. And so, of course, He has to allow some things to be shaken in our lives. And we're going to understand the purpose of the storms here this morning before we're done. But first, what are we contending for? I'm telling you what I'm contending for. Whenever you get confused about who you are supposed to be as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, don't look to Hollywood. Oh, I meant the church on TV. Don't look, don't look to all these superstars that are building their own little kingdoms. You go back to the Gospels and you see Jesus in action. You see, Jesus, how he lived among the people, how he spoke to the people, how he was moved with compassion for the people, how he, not, he was not powerless. Hello, somebody. He was powerful. He was full of power. What you and I need is to get back to the gospels of the Lord Jesus Christ. This gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed to the whole world. Then the end will come. Don't be worried about the end times chaos that's going on. Oh, God, I want to blow up that sign on the freeway that's talking about Judgment Day, May 21st, whatever. The end of the world. Everybody pack your bags. We're going home. Somebody is just full of all of this stuff. There's so much deception out there. We're going to throw a revival party on May 21st as we advance the kingdom of the Lord. We've got a work to do. You think God's coming back? We're not ready. We're not a spotless bride moving in the glory of the Lord. 
We've got a work to do. We've got to become giants of faith. Now listen to me. I'm going to preach to your destiny. You've got to know something about this man of God. When God gets me a pulpit to speak to, whenever, what, no matter if I'm speaking to one person or a million, it doesn't matter to me. When I speak, God told me long ago, Son, when I place you before my people and you speak, you speak to their destinies. You speak to their destinies. You're not just speaking to those sitting in the meeting. You are calling forth the greatness I have put in them. God is calling for greatness. That is why we're living in a moment of crisis. That is why there is a great shaking and a rude awakening happening in our nation. That is why everything is going, falling apart. Because there's only one thing that's going to stand in this hour. And that is what is built on the rock, Christ Jesus himself. But let the winds of adversity come. Let the storms come. But we will be left standing. And we will be more than conquerors through Christ. You have got to know the Lord for yourself. Knowing about Jesus will never change your life. But intimately knowing Him, worshiping Him for who He is, will radically transform your life. When we come here, we're not here to say, God, make me feel good. Oh, entertain me, worship team. Preach something itching for my ears, preacher. Oh, life's hard. I just want to feel comfortable. I want to relieve some of this oppression. How many know this Christian journey is about worshiping Jesus for who He is? Those are all benefits. What is the prophetic word the Lord is releasing over this house? We're in the midst of a series. When pastor comes back, we're going to get the second half. But he is preaching out of Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your sins. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. And he talks about, uh, uh, as pastors talking about prosperity and the fatness that God wants to release. Hell, I receive it. Amen. Somebody. God wants us to be forgiven. He wants us to be healed. He wants us to be delivered. He wants us to prosper. He wants it all. And the devil will rob you of all of it. But there is a purpose for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There is a purpose for the anointing. There is a purpose for the glory of God. And if you are going to just sit there and ask God to be your heavenly butler, you are not going to receive any of it. None of it. Don't look at me and say, you don't know what I'm talking about. All you do is preach and pray. Are you kidding me? I'm a truck driver by trade. I work 60 hours a week. But it doesn't stop me from getting up off my butt. I got a wife and children. And I still go win souls. I still go pray for the sick. I go every week. I'm winning souls. And I'm preaching the gospel all over the Bay Area. Oh, don't think I'm mad at you this morning. I came to pick a fight with the devil. Sometimes... When the devil pushes on you, sometimes there has to be the violent faith has to rise up. And you have to rise up in the spirit of faith and say enough is enough. I'm ready to take my stand with the Lord of glory and I'm going to make the devil pay for all that he has put me through. Oh my God, we need some violent faith. What is this that we're contending for? It is the ministry that Jesus began to do and to teach while he walked the earth. It's the same ministry. Let the banner that flies uh, 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 through the Scriptures be a banner that flies across your heart. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. There's another one that is, uh, uh, it says, 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. How can I forget where God has brought me from? There was a moment when I was a tormented young man, full of devils, full of addictions, drug, uh, bound by drugs and alcohol, perversions, and, and demon oppression that's unheard of. And I don't have time to talk about this story too much. But here I was. I was trying to come out of that lifestyle. And God directed me to leave. And, and He sent me a, a, to a whole other state for six months. And He got my attention. And it was an unbelievable moment because I wasn't even saved yet. But the Lord sent me to Tennessee of all places. And in that place, He opened a door. And it's a miracle that I don't even have time to talk about because I, 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 uh, I don't have the Ph.D. I barely got the GED. Come on, somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yet God opened the door through a, through a, a, a friend of mine's father who was a man of God. He opened the door because he was sending many of us to this Christian college. And somehow he got me in. I got into Lee University. And it's a big deal. But, but God had his own reason for sending me there. And while I was there, I dropped out of school the first few weeks. And I ran with everyone who was running for the devil there. And it was a weird trip for me because I'm telling you, I'm with my friends who were all just as messed up as I was, but we were there because one of my best buddy's brother had gone there a few years before and radically transformed his life. So I was just at the end of my rope. I just said, God, I'm either going to die and, and, and go to hell or you're going to do something. So I saw this as a, a way for me to be somehow changed. And I went. But I ran from the call. I ran. I'll never forget because Nicky Cruz came and preached to the college campus. And he preached and God messed me up. And I said, my God, what is it that you're doing to me? What is it? You're calling me to preach your gospel to the world. You're calling me to save and heal and deliver. I didn't even understand any of this stuff. And all of a sudden, I remember one night the dorm full of uh, 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 um, you know, Christian young men on fire for God. And I'm sitting there like the devil on campus. And... And they all are praying for him. You know they're praying for me and my friends from California. Come on, four of us, full of devils, full of, you know, wreaking havoc on campus. And all of a sudden, they're like, come on, we want to pray for you. We're praying up here. We want, to, we want you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they prayed around us, and they're praying in tongues. And I felt all of heaven. And I said, I'm not a phony. I'm not a fake. I ain't faking this thing. If it's real, God, it's going to have to hit me hard. It's going to have to be real. And they are praying, and I felt all the heavens surround me. And all of a sudden, nothing happened. <laughs> They're all like, They're going into convulsions, you know. Now, I felt the power of God. Don't, no, no, I, I'm not saying I didn't feel it, but none of it penetrated me. And I felt like nothing happened. I felt like I was robbed. And I said, you know what? I'm out of here. And I took off running. And I remember it was a cold, rainy night in the wintertime. And I just ran as fast as I could. And I ran until I was out of breath. And when I was out of breath, I'm breathing hard on the side of this lonely street with a little flickering light. I mean, it's like a movie. And all of a sudden, I looked over to the left, and there was a sign on an old church that said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I felt the glory of God come on me. But I don't have time to go into greater detail, but there are moments like that that God kept chasing me. He kept pursuing me until I finally surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants us to contend for the same faith that Jesus brought into the world. Listen to, listen to what the Lord opened His ministry with. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Do you hear the heart of God? He came to save us. He came to heal us. He came to deliver us. He came to free us from our oppressors. He came, he came to uh, make us a trophy of His grace and His glory. Now listen. It goes on to talk about rebuilding the ancient ruins and the cities long devastated. And it talks about our destiny. And to this morning I've come to contend with you. We here at Living Hope, we're not here to simply say, feed me, feed me, feed me. We're here to be transformed by the grace of God so that we become weapons in the hands of our God. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still saving, healing, delivering lost humanity. And this morning I've come... To release an impartation. I come to establish you in some things this morning. Because we have been recruited by God to be a part of this last day army. And those of you who are pretenders, you're not going to hang out here long. Because the glory of God is going to drive devils out of your life. The Bible says, Jesus declared, as you go, preach this message. Call for repentance. And proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He commands us to heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. Freely you've been given. Freely give. The Lord is reawakening me with some things. Because I believe that what we are contending for here in this hour in which you and I are in is for the ministry of Jesus to come back full force. Full force. I don't want it to be said of us, which is said of so many churches. All we do is conferences. Blessing the already blessed. All we do is we say, you prophesy over me, I'll prophesy over you. You blow on me, I'll blow on you. You fall down, then I fall down. You shake a little, then I shake a little. Conference after conference after conference. And our hearts are not broken and weeping for the lost that are dying and on their way to hell. It's not time for another conference. It's time for a confrontation. It's time for us to contend for lost and hurting humanity. And it begins by allowing God to take over your life, take possession of your soul, take possession of who you are. And as you allow Him to fill you with His compassion, fill you with His heart of faith, I am sick and tired and I got full freedom from, from the apostle of this house to preach whatever God put in my heart, so I'm going to go ahead and let the devil have it. I'm tired. Of all the foolishness in the body of Christ. The baptism of the Holy Spirit being some freak show for the world to look at and go, what in the world is going on? I've been in places when I traveled. I've ministered many years. Some, some of you know with evangelist Mario Murillo who is a spiritual mentor in my life. An awesome man of God. And when I used to go with him into certain cities, we went somewhere and we'll remain nameless at this point. Because I'm going to just leave it at that. 
And when I went in, I said, oh, no, they're not doing this. They're doing some fire tunnel. And they're shaking and baking and doing all this crazy nonsense. It looked like a freak show. And there they go. And I'm going, oh, Lord, they, they brought the wrong man. You think I'm, uh, you know, going to get bold and, 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 and confront that atmosphere? You wait to see what Mario Marilla did to that atmosphere. But nevertheless, I'm walking in there and I'm going, is this really what the fire of God is all about? How weird we can look? How, how many weird moves we can do? How many noises we can do? We can shake, bark, rattle, and roll. Is that what it's all about? Sounds more like a snake to me than it does Jesus. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is to transform you into the image of Jesus Christ so that you're moved with His compassion, so you're filled with His love, so you're filled with His fire, so that you're a soul winner, a healer, a deliverer, somebody who moves in signs and wonders. If the signs and wonders don't work in the marketplace, maybe it ain't the real signs and wonders. If i got to go through these weird old conjunctions to release a miracle, come on now, come on now. What are we doing? The circus show is over. we got to get the real fire of God. we got to be a witness that cares about the lost and hurting in our world. we got to be moved with compassion. we got to be moved with the love of God and say, God, fill me with your love for lost humanity. Change my heart because I don't have it, God. People are going to hell all around us. Now God is pouring out His Spirit on this church in a phenomenal way. We are in the midst of an outpouring. We are feeling the fire of God. But make no mistake about it. If you sit there and just say, entertain me, oh, make me feel good, it's going to pass us by like it passes everyone else by. And we're going to be left here playing these spiritual games amongst one another instead of being equipped, transformed, and changed into a weapon in the hands of the Lord. Our God is the God of the breakthrough. He wants to release a true baptism of power over your life. The battles you're in, the storms you're in, the the impossibilities that you're up against, God wants to release a baptism of power and glory and wisdom and might to bring you out and bring you above every storm of life. God wants to make us storm warriors in this hour. I mention the eagle a lot because I love that bird. It's majestic. It's powerful. And I love what I studied the life of the eagle. But now I want to talk about just one aspect, and that is how the eagle faces the storms. You see, when the eagle faces the storms, most birds of the air freak out and they seek for shelter. And because of their frantic is trying to escape the storms, many of them are, are killed, thrown into mountains and buildings or whatever. But the eagle does something very different. When the eagle senses a storm is coming, it finds a high place. Come on, somebody. It finds a high place. And it positions its wings in such a way that once it feels the storm coming, it dives into the heart of the storm. And because of the way it positioned its wings, it becomes like a football. And it spirals until it rises above the storm. Jesus wants us to face the storms of life just like that. You see, the way we position our wings is through the fight of faith. The way that we position our lives to face the storms of life is through faith. And our pastor's been teaching us a lot about faith. And we got a lot to learn. 
And a lot of what like he said is us reaching for it. But let's keep contending until it becomes solid, till it becomes, till it becomes established in our heart so that we rise above the storms. Listen very quickly. David inquiring of God during one of his storms. If you're taking notes, you can write down 1 Chronicles 14, 10, and 11. But I'm going to hit it quick. It says, David inquired of God. He did this every time he faced storms. You read that over and over again. David inquiring of God. And it said, David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? The Lord said to him, Go up for you, for I will deliver them into your hand. So they went up to Baal Perazim, and, the Lord, and, and David defeated them there. Then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, they called the name of that place Bel Perizim, or Master of the Breakthrough. Hallelujah, somebody. Master of the Breakthrough. Jesus has a different reason for allowing the storms we as a church are facing right now. The devil has his own plans, but God has his plans. And you and I are right now being challenged by God to face this storm through faith. To follow the prophetic words that our pastors have been delivering from the beginning of this year to the moment we're in. You and I do not have to win these battles. We have to position ourselves through faith and watch as the master of the breakthrough releases the glory of God on our behalf. When our lives are submitted to the Lord and the storms come, they would normally destroy us. But because we positioned ourselves through faith, they propel us to our destiny. You and I are being challenged by God because God has a destiny for us to fulfill. I know who I am in the Lord. I know what God has put in my spirit as dreams and visions and assignments that are yet to come to pass. And God wants us to lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of us. The Apostle Paul said, one thing I do, forget what's behind. And I press on, I reach for, the, for, for that which is the high calling in Christ Jesus. Forget what's behind and reach for your future. Too many times we sit here crying about all the struggles, all the pain, all the stuff we've been through. And we keep looking back and we keep trying to fix things. We keep looking back. The Lord of the Lord for you this morning is forget what's behind you and reach for your destiny. It's under the blood. Oh, I'm forgiven and healed and delivered. The devil likes to sit there and torment me at times. He thinks I'm the same man that I used to be. You see, if you roll with Jesus, you're going to get stronger. Because God has got you on a miracle journey. It's a progressive miracle. You don't stay at the same level you receive the Lord as you stay with Him for years. And if you have, it's because you've gone off into a spirit of religion instead of a real intimate relationship with Jesus. And it's time for you to repent. It's time for you to repent. And listen, repentance is not just feeling guilty over our sor uh, sorrowful over our sinful condition. Repentance is turning to the Lord. And it starts with feeling sorry. It starts with grieving over our sin. But it ends in power. It ends in transformation. It ends in us being filled with wisdom and might to live as Jesus wants us to live. 
Not as a victim, but as a conqueror. Not as somebody under the storm, but somebody who rises above them. God has a purpose and a plan and a destiny, and it's going to cause you to contend. Are you ready to contend? Because God wants us to go to the next level. God wants to promote us as a church. He's getting ready to release the harvest into our ranks. This building will not even contain the souls that are about to come through this house. We are winning souls all over the world. We send forth our seed into miracle territory. Well, listen, it's time for us to, with a heart of expectation, say, I'm leaning in. I'm expecting a return on what we have sown into the nations. We have sown into the nations, and we will reap. We will reap. And God is getting ready to release the harvest. He's getting ready to release miracle signs and wonders. You think He just wants it overseas? No, and we thank God and we're going to continue to send forth laborers into the harvest fields of this world because we are a soul winning church. We are a Jesus army. Come on, somebody. We are a Jesus army. And God is wanting us to recognize that he's the master of the breakthrough. Your faith in God and the, the simple obedience that you do every day is leading up to a critical mass. It's leading up to a breakthrough moment. And when the breakthrough moment comes, I'm telling you, God is the master of the breakthrough, and when His blessing overpowers you, it'll overpower every curse. It'll remove every hindrance. It'll take down every giant. It'll destroy every wall. It'll take over every enemy that you're facing. Mm. Some of you go, why are you so crazy, man of God? Why are you yelling so much? Because I'm, I'm, I'm prophesying to my destiny and to yours. I've studied the revivals of old. And I'm not just talking about outpourings in other nations. I'm talking about here. One of the great men of God. I've been reading a book by Charles S. Price, a great powerful evangelist in the 20s. Read his stuff sometime. Here's a man of God. And he, he, he received a, a baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've got time to talk too much about his life. But here he was. He was a backslidden. He thought he was a Christian. But how many know there's a lot of people that take that label that aren't really serving God? He was a part of some sort of a church during that day that they just, they, you know, they, they didn't believe in anything. They didn't believe in none of the gifts. They didn't believe in none of what the Bible talks about. And he went to an Amy Simple McPherson meeting in San Jose. And he said, I'm going there. And he announced to his church, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expose this fraud for who she is. I'm going there and I'm going to bring back evidence of why she is a phony, a fake, and everything else. And how many know it was a Holy Ghost setup? Because he went into that meeting, and not only did he not be able to, to uh, come against God's uh, woman of faith and power, he was delivered and baptized in the Holy Ghost and filled with the glory of God. And he came back a transformed man that began to preach in the city of Lodi, a little no-place city over here in Lodi, until the fire of God fell on him and his congregation, and he couldn't stay where he was at anymore. And God began to send them all across this nation and into Canada and other nations. And God was working miracles, signs and wonders that everywhere he went, they would have to build new, uh, 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 new stadium or new, you know. Um, theaters and places just to house the crowds that were coming to his meetings and God was doing glorious things and I sat there with a holy jealousy I could go on and on and on and on about people like that because I'm hungry for it because our God saves the best wine for last God is getting ready to fall on this house and take us to a whole new dimension the devil is sitting here tormenting us calling us out like Goliath and God says don't you worry Every time that hell spews out of Goliath, I got a David ready to rise. And I'm going to put my anointing in him. 
living hope. He's putting His anointing in us. And we're going to see every devil that comes against us. And we're going to destroy every giant that opposes the work of God. We're going to see God, the master of the breakthrough, move strong in our behalf because He's getting ready to propel us into our destiny. All the lack, all the limitations, all the financial bondages that we are under, it's not going to remain because the blessing of the Lord is about... It's the, the, the dam is about to break and there's a flood. There's a flood of revival coming. You want to stay there in that miserable state you're in? Go ahead. I'm going to pray to the Lord of the breakthrough. I'm going to contend for the faith that was once handed down to the saints once and for all. Jesus has an awesome work for us to do. God wants to raise us up. It's our hour. Listen, in a few minutes I'm going to pray for you. But before I do, I, I, I want to close in this message this morning with, with, with really what I believe was what I was leading up to. To this moment. How many know that there are many things that can happen in the midst of an anointed service? The brother or sister right next to you can receive their breakthrough. You could go home the same. God wants us to believe. He wants us to expect. He wants us to surrender our hearts. To repent of our unbelief. To repent of our fear to repent of our lukewarmness, to repent of our conformity to this world and say, God, I want the real fire to fall. I want the real fire to fall on my heart. I want to be a soul winner. I want to be a healer. I want to be a deliverer. I want to surrender my life to you. I want to be a witness for you. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is all about. The Bible says you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses for me. Beginning in Judea, and, I mean in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's all of the above. He says it begins right here on the home front. Right here in your neighborhood. Right here in your workplace. Right here in the day in and day out. And it begins there, but then you're going to go with me and I'm going to send you into other cities. And I'm, I'm living it. I know. I know it's real. Because God has taken a nobody with nothing and He has transformed me into a messenger of hope and healing and deliverance for His glory. Now I'm getting ready to be a part of one of our teams going to the nation of Ethiopia. My God. It was just 14 years ago. I was trying to get right with God before I went to hell. I just had enough faith to say, God, please save me before I die because I'm dying and I need you. That's all I thought was I was getting right before he took me home. Little did I know he was going to break the chains of hell off my life, drive out every devil, fill me with his Holy Spirit, cleanse my mind, my heart, heal my body, and raise me up to be a witness for him. And I'm just getting started. I got some giants I'm going to kill. I got some mountains I'm going to conquer. I got some territory that I have yet to claim. And church, we're going for it. So I don't care what the devil is telling us. We are entering into 21 days. Now listen to me. Hear me now. Please don't miss this. We're entering into a, a 21 days of contending for what God is getting ready to do. I'm going to challenge you as I challenge myself. I want you to listen. Turn your Bibles if you would. And I'm getting ready to close, so don't worry. 2 Kings 13. This is part of my conclusion. I hear the stomach's getting hungry. I must release the word of the Lord and pray for you. 
I'm not going to go into great detail, but I want to use it as the Lord leads me. Here it is. 2 Kings chapter 13. The Lord's prophet Elijah, it says, had become sick with the illness of which he would die. God's people had backslidden. There was an evil king over their people. And he not only was lukewarm, he was backslidden. And because of the backslidden condition of God's people, the prophet was silenced for years. His heart was broken. And now here this great man of a God, Elisha the prophet, who had a double mantle, double portion of what was on Elijah, he's dying. And finally this evil king knows he's about to be destroyed, calls for the prophet. Elisha became sick with the illness in which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it. And Elijah put his hands on the king's hands. And he said, open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Epek till you have destroyed them. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. Why am I reading that to you? Living hope. The Lord is asking us to contend for 21 days. Because the master of the breakthrough is about to do a divine reversal on the devil. He's about to show himself strong in our behalf. He's about to release us into a new dimension of power, anointing, and authority. He's about to release greater uh, uh, authority into our midst. He's about to raise us up and bring us and usher us into a new dimension. And just like this situation, I don't want you to be like the backslidden uh, uh, king over Israel who had no heart for what God was commanding him to do. When the prophet gave him a command, he told him to take a bow. Nobody should ever grab a weapon unless he plans to use it. God is not putting a weapon in our hands so we can sit there and look at it. He's commanding us to use it. And we're going to have to listen to the command of the Lord. He told him to take the bow and arrows and he did. And then here's a point I want to touch on before I pray. It says Elijah put his hand over his hand. You and I are in a prophetic moment right now. We have got to listen to the prophetic voice that's coming from this house. God is placing His hand over our hand. 
And He wants all of our heart. He don't want us to, to tread lightly on the ground we're on because it's holy ground. What He's getting ready to do requires our heart. It requires us to have a fervent heart. A heart of a warrior. A heart that recognizes that God is putting a weapon in our hands. He's putting a weapon in our hands because He's getting ready to break through in our midst. He's getting ready to usher us into a new dimension. And He's placing His hand over our hand. But this, this backslidden king didn't recognize the hand that was upon him. It was the hand of though a man who worked miracles, signs, and wonders. It was the hand of a man who walked under a double portion anointing. It was the hand of a prophet of God. And God was getting ready to move mightily. But he took the arrows of God's deliverance. And that is what God has put in our hands, church. In a moment, I'm going to ask, I'm going to make a demand on you. And those who want to respond can. Because this is why God sent me here this morning. But God is saying, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance is in our hand. We don't even know what it's going to look like. We don't even really know what it's going to look like. But we are positioning ourselves for the master of the breakthrough to come forth mightily. And he's commanding us to take the bow and arrows. When we strike the ground, he should have recognized. There was a direct link from how he struck the ground to how God was going to move in his behalf. I heard a great man of God said, no man or woman of God is stronger than their prayer life. And that is true of churches. God has called his house to be a house of prayer for all nations. And God is calling us now to strike the ground. He's issued a challenge to us. He's given us a command, really. These next 21 days, this is what I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you, first of all, to commit to praying every day for 21 days. What are we praying? Are we begging God? No, we're contending for God's glory to be revealed and for His purpose to prevail. For the fire of God to come and to cleanse us and to promote us and to to move mightily in our behalf. Don't even worry about talking about what the enemy's doing. You position yourself through faith and watch as God releases His glory and promotes us. And this storm that is against us, we're going to be elevated and we're going to be on the other side of these 21 days. Pastor uh, prophesied, he said, we're going to begin the 21 days as renters and at the end of that 21 days, we're going to own this whole place. There are so many miracles that are going to happen during these 21 days. You've got to be a part of it. You've got to commit to saying, I am going to pray. I am going to contend. I'm going to be a part of the breakthrough that's coming to this house. I want you. I want to, I want to issue a challenge. Be here as many of those nights as you can. If you can't be here all 21, that's all right. But you pray every 21 days. You come in agreement with the prophetic voice of this house. Recognize God is putting an arrow in our hands. Let me tell you, you and I are the recipients of what God wants to do in this house. When revival hits this place, we're going to a whole nother level. God is issuing his command. So I'm challenging you to be here as many nights as you possibly can. No, I got to watch TV tonight. I'm tired. 
If you have a, a, a legitimate reason for not being here, then bless you and you pray. But if it's not legitimate, you get your lukewarm butt to the house of God and you pray. We are not going to be like that backslidden king who tapped it like a little, you know, sissy. I want some warriors in this house. I want to break the arrows on the ground. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I am. I'm going to challenge you. Be here as many nights as you can. Commit to praying every one of these nights. And let's position ourselves for the master of the breakthrough. Stand with me if you would. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do we have anyone for the piano or, or um, guitar? Oh, the guitar. There we go. Hallelujah. Just play softly behind us. And hallelujah. Living hope. The arrow of the Lord's deliverance is in our hand. The master of the breakthrough is getting ready to show himself strong in our behalf. I'm going to ask all of you who say, I can do that. Man of God, I can do that. I care about where we're going as a church. I want to see amazing breakthrough, supernatural provision and power and demonstration in my life and my destiny. I'm going to ask that you will make your way to this altar. All of you who want to be a part of that, who have who are going to take that challenge and say, I'm going to be a part of this miracle moment. Lord, we don't even know what you're going to do, but our hearts are filled with expectation. We're ready to go to the next level. We're ready to see the master of the breakthrough take us into realms of glory that we have never dreamed of before. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Lord of glory. Lord of glory. I give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Army of God, I want you to list, look, look up here for a moment and listen to me, please. I want you to take a hand and lift it in the air, representing the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. Say, Lord Jesus, I hear your voice, and I am responding with a heart of faith, a heart of expectation. A fiery heart that says, I will obey and strike the ground until our enemies are destroyed. You are the master of the breakthrough. Break through our life. Break through our enemy. Release your glory into our life. 
Almighty. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. Let the fire of God. Let the fire of God. Let the fire of God. I release the fire of God. I release the baptism of power. I release the spirit of a a conqueror. I release the glory of the Lord. I release the power of the Lord Jesus. Oh. Fill him with compassion. Fill him with faith. Fill him with glory. Fill him with divine substance. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Army of God, listen to me, listen to me. We're going to be out of here before we know it. Just hang with me. During World War II, General Eisenhower, the man who defeated Hitler, rose to address our nation in 1950. Our nation was a nervous nation. Our nation was afraid. And he told our nation, it's not how big the dog is in the fight that matters, but how big the fight is in the dog. The devil has looked at our lives and he has saw weak Powerless, jars of clay, earthen vessels that he is used to oppressing. He's used to keeping in bondage, keeping compromising, lukewarm and powerless. So he's not nervous. But what he fails to see is what Paul the Apostle told us is this treasure, hallelujah, somebody, in this earthen vessel. You see, this treasure in this earthen vessel gives us divine power to demolish strongholds, to bring every argument the devil uses against our life, every tactic of fear and intimidation. There is a treasure on the inside. And this morning, that treasure is the fight of faith. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are positioning ourselves. And the devil's about to see. Devil, it's not... The size of the dog in the fight. I know you're a big dog. But it's the size of the fight that's in this house. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Every lying tongue of accusation we refute. For this is the inheritance of the sons and daughters of God. We will fulfill our destiny. 
We will fulfill our destiny. We're going to the next level. We're going to the next level. I release an impartation of courage, of faith, of boldness, and divine power. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. Our heart is in agreement with our pastors. As pastor has placed his hand on the arrow of deliverance. We too place our hands upon that same bow and arrow. And Lord Jesus, master of the breakthrough, we feel and sense you placing your hand over our hand. Our heart is filled with expectation. And our heart is filled with the fight of faith. And we believe. You said, if you believe, you shall see. The glory of God. If I got a believer in the house, just clap your hands and make some noise. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Jesus, I give you glory. 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 I give you glory, Lord. Master of the breakthrough, Lord of the breakthrough, break open our lives, break out in our midst. Oh, reveal your glory in this house. Oh, glory to God.